what this first cancer hospital did was give us the opportunity to physically designate a space and say this is solely for cancer patients, this is solely for cancer research, and it's made a huge difference that has impacted the lives of millions of people over these last 30 years. This is the James Cancer Free World Podcast. I'm Steve Wartenberg, and this is part one of our special three-part podcast celebrating the 30th anniversary of the Arthur G. James Cancer Hospital and Richard J. Solov Research Institute. The first James opened on July 9th, 1990, and my guest today, Dave Schuler, he was not only there, Dave was director of the hospital. Dave is one of the real giants in the history of the James and also the Comprehensive Cancer Center. He came here to Ohio State in 1976, was named chair of the Head and Neck Cancer Surgery Department in 1984, and built it into one of the biggest and best head and neck cancer departments in the country. Dave was named director of the Comprehensive Cancer Center and director of the James in 1988. Dave laid the foundation, built the reputation of the James and the Comprehensive Cancer Center. He recruited the best and the brightest from all over the country and beyond. And then, as his career was winding down and he had turned over the leadership of the hospital and Comprehensive Cancer Center to others, Dave led and guided the team that built the new $1.1 billion James Cancer Hospital that opened in 2014. Dave, welcome to our 30th anniversary podcast. Hello there, Steve. Thank you very much. I appreciate this opportunity to reflect a little on uh, the James uh, 30-year history. You certainly have a lot to reflect upon. Well, it's, uh, it's been uh, an amazing journey. I feel uh, very honored and privileged to have been a part of it, to witness uh, the uh, tremendous growth that has occurred and the impact it's had on, uh, on mil literally millions of patients around the world. That is, that is definitely true. And let's start by going all the way back to 1976 when you came here uh, to Ohio State. I was almost said when you came here to the James, but there was no James there then, although Dr. James was here leading the cancer uh, portion of the medical center. So what was the state of cancer treatment and research back then and sort of what were the facilities that you had? Well, it was interesting because that was one of the things that drew me to this faculty opportunity at Ohio State was that Ohio State had recently been designated a comprehensive cancer center by the National Cancer Institute. And, uh, and uh, that really was a multi-year effort. Uh, uh, the National Cancer a Act of 1971, Steve, was... Uh, the, the legislation that provided the funding to create uh, cancer center research centers of excellence throughout the country. And Ohio State was fortunate to uh, compete uh, for that designation and receive it in, uh, in 1978. And, and so, or actually it was 76. And, and so... That provided an opportunity for me with my personally focused interest in head and neck malignancies uh, to capitalize on all the expertise that was here at Ohio State. Uh, but just as you, as you say, it, it really wasn't very well organized and quite decentralized. So 
there were some cancer researchers spread throughout the, uh, the university faculty, and that's what became the basis of a virtual comprehensive cancer center, and there was really no cancer hospital. But interestingly, as some Ohio State faculty were in the process of developing this cancer research center, there was also Dr. James, who uh, for a number of years was, was encouraging community leaders to consider trying to find the funding to build a, a, a hospital totally focused on cancer. Uh, that effort uh, was first recorded back in 1961 by Dr. James. So he persevered through all those years that, that ultimately resulted in identifying funding from the state of Ohio to proceed with construction of the James. Dave, you obviously worked with and got to know Arthur James quite well. Kind of describe him and what drove him to create a cancer hospital. Well, Dr. James is a very interesting man, a, a skilled surgeon, a real gentleman, humble, uh, but very focused, uh, Steve. Uh, so I, I attended lectures as a medical student by Dr. James and then didn't really interact uh, with him much until... I became uh, the, the director of the cancer hospital. And, and it, was, it was fun. Uh, I, I worked together with Dr. James primarily uh, with his involvement with fundraising for the cancer hospital and to observe uh, his style of interacting with people and communicating the vision. Uh, so he was clearly... Uh, somebody that saw the benefits of having a hospital totally focused on this very common disease and, uh, and ultimately wasn't going to back off of that uh, until he achieved his goal, which he did, uh, which began construction of the hospital in 1984. Uh, the, the hospital began to be constructed in '84 although there were many years of planning before the shovels went into the ground, uh, uh, many questions needed to be answered. Um, would this cancer hospital be best suited uh, away from Ohio State's campus, or should it be an integral part of Ohio State's campus? Dr. James had organized a group of community civic leaders who uh, partnered with him to achieve the ultimate goal of receiving a good bit of funding from the state of Ohio to uh, construct this hospital. Uh, so, so ultimately they achieved that goal and in 1984 construction was underway. Uh, but soon uh, after excavation began, uh, they realized they had some major challenges with the bedrock of the facility. And so what was envisioned to be a two-and-a-half-year process turned into a six-year construction period of time, uh, which required the uh, not-so-pleasant departure of the original construction company uh, being replaced by a superb Columbus construction company, the Smoot Construction Company, uh, that uh, brought this to the finish line in 1990. 
so July 9th, 1990 was day one when we gave Dr. James the honor of, uh, of wheeling in the first patient being transferred from university hospitals into the James Cancer Hospital and Research Institute. How far of a trip was that from where that patient was to the new James? The original James was actually physically connected to the eastern end of university hospitals. And so that patient uh, probably was transported about a quarter of a mile into that facility. Uh, but, but again, Steve, uh, this was a physical uh, act uh, that required a tremendous uh, philosophical change, if you will. Uh, before uh, that hospital opened, uh, the James Cancer Hospital and Soloff Research Institute, our cancer efforts were pretty much decentralized. Uh, they, uh, patients were located based on uh, the department they were located in. Uh, research was decentralized throughout the campus. And so what this first cancer hospital did was give us the opportunity to physically designate a space and say, this is solely for cancer patients. This is solely for cancer research. And it's made a huge difference that has impacted the lives of millions of people over these last 30 years. This model of having dedicated cancer hospitals is now the norm, but but back then, was there any resistance to that or thoughts that what's you you don't need a, a cancer hospital here in in Columbus? Well, no question. Uh, that was one of the most common questions asked of me when I went around the state and surrounding states to talk about what Ohio State was doing with its cancer program. People would ask me, why the heck are we building a, a cancer-focused hospital uh, and expanding on a medical center, which is already one of the largest in, in the United States? And so uh, that, that clearly was a, a challenge, if you will. Uh, my answer was very simple, and that is when you focus all that expertise in patient care and you focus all that research expertise and you let those two become integrated, and then you have exponential gains and advances in cancer treatment, cancer diagnosis, cancer prevention. How big was the first, James, and how many years did it take, or how soon did it take until you were starting to reach capacity? Uh, prior to the opening of the cancer hospital, Steve, there were about, on the average, maybe 85 cancer patients in university hospital at any one time. Uh, the, the first cancer hospital, when it opened in 1990, had a capacity of about 130 beds. It was 270,000 square feet. And, and so uh, its, its expansion from an average of 85 up to 130 was envisioned to uh, ac accommodate many years of anticipated growth in the number of patients coming to Ohio State with this diagnosis. But it didn't, did it take many years? It really didn't, Steve. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Dave will tell us all about how the new James created even more momentum and growth and national recognition. A revolution in lung cancer treatment is happening at the James. 
We're proving lung cancer isn't solely defined by location and stage, but rather the individual molecules and genes that drive it. Simply put, there is no routine lung cancer. That's why our world-renowned specialists put their expertise towards treating one particular lung cancer, yours. At The James, we go beyond the routine to prevent, detect, treat, and cure your lung cancer. To learn more, call 1-800-293-5066. We're back with Dave Schuler talking about the 30th anniversary of the James Cancer Hospital. Dave told me about how looking to improve the hospital and Cancer Center's human genomics program, he started looking for and recruiting the top scientists in the world, starting in Finland with a real pioneer in the field. We were able to successfully recruit Dr. Elwood de la Chapelle uh, who at the time was leading the cancer uh, molecular cancer genetics program at Helsinki University's Cancer Genetics Institute in Helsinki, Finland. Uh, but after uh, initial conversations with Dr. De La Chapelle, I learned that we had the potential to have a, a double super recruitment because Dr. De La Chapelle was married to Dr. Clara Bloomfield, who in herself is also an internationally recognized cancer researcher who is leading uh, the program at Roswell Park Cancer Hospital in Buffalo. So what started out as a vision to uh, bring in a leader of our cancer genetics program rapidly expanded into a double recruitment. Uh, that was successfully completed in December of 1997. And clearly, those two individuals led a transformative effort uh, and had an impact that was profound on our cancer center. They improved the quality of the research. They improved the productivity of the research. Both of those factors translated into expanded diagnostic and treatment opportunities for our cancer patients being treated at the James. And so soon after Albert and Clara were recruited uh, to Ohio State, then they began recruiting others, some from uh, other countries, others from within the United States, not the least of which is Dr. Mike Caligiuri, who at the time Mike was a young uh, researcher with outstanding potential, but at that time it was still potential. And uh, Mike came to Ohio State and quickly increased his productivity with the expanded resources available to him and had the skills of leadership that he rapidly grew to lead the Division of Medical Oncology. Clara Bloomfield stepped in as the new director of the Comprehensive Cancer Center, and then Mike Calagiri replaced her a few years later and then took over from Dave as the head of the James Cancer Hospital. So the addition of Clara, Albert, and Mike and all the people that they and you recruited, just the, the cancer center and the hospital were going like gangbusters. So what led to the need, the growth for the idea for a new cancer hospital. Steve, uh, I could uh, see, uh, because uh, something that I would follow on a daily basis, the percentage of 
of our hospital beds that were occupied with patients. And I could see this uh, steep growth that was occurring. And so it was really back in 2002 that I called our cancer leadership group together and told them of my vision uh, to initially what I thought would be to expand our already uh, somewhat young cancer hospital uh, into uh, something that had greater capacity. Uh, they were very enthusiastic about that, uh, but uh, some of the initial analyses revealed that it was a building that was so sophisticated that it did not lend itself to expansion. And so the architects concluded that we would need to build an entirely new cancer hospital. And so what that did was it gave us the opportunity to uh, create a, a big vision of an architectural design that was unique of any in the world that integrated our patient care activities with some of our cancer research activities with our educational activities. And so this is clearly what differentiates the current James Cancer Hospital and Solof Research Institute from any other facility in the world. We actually went through uh, four different design activities uh, until we concluded that we had it nailed. Uh, so we tried to be sensitive to a number of things, uh, not the least of which is the architectural design that I discussed of integrating our research and education with our patient care, but also to be sensitive to those things which are important to the success of our ability to treat our cancer patients. So uh, the first cancer hospital, as I said earlier, was 270,000 square feet. This one is 1.1 million square feet. And so uh, our state of Ohio is primarily a rural state. So we began to be concerned that geez, this building is going to be bigger than some of the communities that our patients live in. And that's when we decided on the offset design that is now our new cancer hospital with four different sections that we call neighborhoods of very small spaces that are much more intimate for our patients. All the rooms are private rooms. All the the, the building is heavily windowed because there's evidence that supports that patients have access to outside light, use fewer pain medications, and they have shorter stays in the hospital. There are facilities for musical performances throughout the building because there's evidence that supports uh, that music has a positive impact on the recovery of our patients. There's a world-class art exhibit throughout the building because there's evidence that supports that high-class art also has a positive impact on patients and the staff. So we tried to attend to all those things in the design of this building, and that's why it took us 12 years from the time we started planning this building till the time when we moved our patients into it. Dave, by the time construction began, you had sort of 
transitioned a little bit away from leadership. Mike Kawajiri had taken over the, the hospital and the Comprehensive Cancer Center. What was sort of your role in, in the, the planning and building of the, the new hospital? Uh, yes, Steve, uh, what I could see was this was around about 2008, 2009, uh, that we were already seven years into pretty much either meeting uh, or discussing or interacting with architects and engineers over this building. That was also during a very difficult economic downturn in 2008. And so it was requiring a tremendous effort of time and intellectual effort to continue this project moving forward. Uh, and it's uh, to the credit of our university leadership, our board of trustees, that they continued to support us going forward during those challenging times. And that's when I decided that it's just not possible to complete this unique uh, construction uh, project of any in the world at the same time that I was involved with leadership of the program. And that's when I decided to step down. I went to the chair of the board of trustees and said it was time for me to focus on the construction of this new facility. Um, and, and thank goodness we had uh, a young and very talented person that could assume the leadership. And uh, Mike uh, did a superb job of leading the cancer center and the entire cancer program. At the same time, then, I became vice president for medical center expansion and was part of a leadership team of a variety of people uh, that uh, really oversaw the further uh, design and ultimate construction of the new cancer hospital. Dave, your career from 1976 till your retirement in 2015 sort of dovetails with all the incredible advances we've seen in cancer research that have led to such great treatment breakthroughs. Kind of describe what you witnessed and what it was like to be part of, a big part of all these advances and what that and how that helped patients live longer and better lives. Well, Steve, I, I think I mentioned earlier that I considered it an honor and a privilege to have had this opportunity because you're exactly correct. When I was a younger person, um, the word cancer translated into a uniformly fatal disease. And I can remember the day when my parents informed my brother and I uh, that our aunt uh, had been diagnosed with cancer and within six weeks uh, she had passed away. Uh, so uh, that was as a a teenager, and then for me to witness the progress that was being made as I went through undergraduate uh, school and then medical school and residency, and then with the the introduction of cancer molecular genetics, there was a tremendous acceleration in the rate of discovery, and and so it was. Uh, truly inspiring to me to realize, oh, my goodness, I'm personally witnessing a, 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 an impact on a disease that previously was considered incurable and uniformly fatal 
to one that is now being controlled and in many cases cured. And so that's what uh, kept the engine going for Dave Schuler. Uh, the fact that I was uh, involved in a very special time with a very special leadership opportunity that could impact the lives of many people. And I'm not exaggerating, Steve, when I say that the research and the patient care that has occurred at the James Cancer Hospital and Solov Research Institute and the Comprehensive Cancer Center at Ohio State has impacted the lives of literally millions of people around the world. And so it's uh, it's uh, just uh, very gratifying to know that I had the opportunity to participate in uh, such a transformative time in medical history. Well, you say you had an opportunity to participate, but you led the way here at the James. So um, I was going to ask you what you thought your legacy was, but I think what what you just said was your legacy. The um, helping millions of people around the world. Well, and you know, uh, at times as we were finishing up the construction of the cancer hospital, uh, friends and people would interact with me and said, geez, Dave, this is going to be your legacy, this building. But, you know, I, I, uh, I don't look at it that way. Uh, and uh, I, I hope that isn't the legacy. I, I hope the legacy is, uh, what you just described, Steve, and that is I had an opportunity to be trained uh, to be involved with treating patients with a very serious malignancy. I had an opportunity to educate people who then went on to treating people with cancer, and I had an opportunity to be a clinical researcher, all of which uh, had some impact uh, positively on patients afflicted with this disease. So uh, I hope uh, that's the legacy that just somebody that tried to maximize the opportunities to have an impact on a, a common and serious uh, disease. Well, I think it's possible to have two parts to a legacy, and I think that's the case with you. Well, it's uh, it certainly has been fun, and I will forever be indebted to the leadership of Ohio State uh, who gave me the opportunity to be so involved. Well, thanks, Dave, for joining us and, and filling us in on uh, the incredible history and your role in it. And in part two of our three-part podcast celebrating the 30th anniversary of the James, Mike Caligiri is our guest. This podcast is brought to you by the Ohio State University Comprehensive Cancer Center, Arthur G. James Cancer Hospital, and Richard J. Solov Research Institute. For more information, check out our website, cancer.osu.edu.